0: All right, dipshits! It's time for another Dipshit Files. Mm-hmm. This is episode fifty-nine. That's Mrs. Scriptkeeper.
1: Yep, that's me.
0: And I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. Yep, that's w- you. We're about to go. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to go into some epic tales. We're excited about this one because yeah. we were going to do this probably more than once. Yeah. I'm, I have no idea what's coming. I have a little idea. Yeah. And what I what I know, I'm excited for. But yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, you know, I, I did some research. Got I kind of giggled my way through this, even though there's some serious topics in here. Right. Uh, it's still. It, very entertaining and um, you know it's heartwarming and, and you know silly um, okay. it's good shit in here
0: Right. well good shit sounds good good, for good the,
1: shit let's you know let's open up the thing and do the stuff
0: do, I'm gonna look at the file now okay okay Fast. all right before we get into the stories today uh, there's four of them
1: right I have four stories and they're they're not in any particular order they're oh. just four really epic stories okay it's not a top five no no uh, no 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 yeah. they're um you know we got a little bit of medical stuff we have a little bit of like um uh, psychological stuff we have Crime stuff mm. uh, It's just I don't know It's a little bit of everything And I, I threw them together Because I thought it was bag. Yeah it is and, Mixed greens And you know Funny
0: All right. Cute Well I'm excited of. about it Do you have some sort of thing That you'd like to warn us about Is there anything we need no, to be warned about
1: I don't think there are any triggers in here um, you well, know. I mean
0: that I mean just you know What the hell is happening
1: No It's just Just sit back listen And uh, enjoy The thing about these stories Are they sound Completely unreal But they're not Okay They're really not um, these I was trying to milk that out. Okay, is that what you were trying to do? <laughs> I don't do? know. I don't know. These what I'm are doing. real stories. It's true stuff. Um, and it, it really happened, even though it sounds kind of outlandish All right, so and that's the focus on these epic tales.
0: So there probably won't be aliens. There's probably not gonna be any cryptids. No, this no. is going to be just some humans doing human stuff yeah. and probably some animals or something. Maybe. Okay. Okay. All right, start it off. All right. It's time for our first epic tale. Ah.
1: A 28 year old Russian man named Atrium Sidorkin started having severe chest pains and at first he tried to ignore it, but It got so bad he could barely stand up. Then he began coughing up blood. So finally, he went to the emergency room. And when he got there, even before the doctors examined him or gave him a chest x-ray, they assumed this was going to be something very serious, just based on the way he presented. He was pale in the face, he was hunched over, and just generally very sick looking. So they brought Mr. Sidorkin in for an exam. And after talking to him and hearing about all of his symptoms, they, their assumption was that he probably had a tumor in mm. his lungs. So they sent him in for an x-ray. And afterwards, the radiologist confirmed that, yep, there, there's fucking something growing inside of your lungs.
0: Poor Sidorkin.
1: <laughs> but before they just went in and just started removing huge pieces of his lungs, they told him that they would like to do a biopsy, where they remove a small piece of the tissue and test it to see if it's cancerous. So Mr. Sidorkin is understandably fucking terrified, right. but he says, okay, and he schedules his surgery. A couple days later, he presents for surgery, and during the procedure, the surgeon pulls out an affected piece of his lung tissue. And eats it. And It's, well, it's sitting on the tray, and the doctor takes a better look at this massive tissue that he pulled out and realizes there's actually something hidden inside the tissue, as if the tissue is, like, wrapped around something. So he opened it up, and there, growing on the side of his lung, was a small fir tree. What? (laughs) <laughs> yes, it was five centimeters long. Green looked very lively. It was just a happy little tree. What the doctors believed at some point, Mister Sidorkin, who was a botanist, he had an in, he had inhaled a seed of a fir tree, and <coughs> it'll it, well, be fine. That'll well, it got it. it got lodged inside of his lung tissue.
0: Damn, it, it did go down the wrong pipe.
1: Yeah, and then as it grew, its pine needles actually began piercing his blood capillaries. How is
0: that possible?
1: Causing him to cough up blood
0: new fear right right new fear unlocked
1: (laughs) (laughs) so after the discovery of what was inside of his lung the spokesman for the royal botanic gardens in london said that it is possible for a seed to germinate inside of the dark damp conditions inside of a lung but it is unbelievably bizarre and unbelievably rare when the doctors informed mr sidorkin that he did not have cancer that he had a tree. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Mr. Sidorkin was shocked. He felt better. Well, he, he, Immediately, he's like, okay, I like that. He said, I never got the sense that there was a tree growing inside of me, <laughs> but aside from being shocked, he was actually deeply relieved. That he was cancer free.
0: Okay, that's evidence that the simulation exists. Right. and That there's glitches. There's something weird. Some of the not all of the coding was done perfectly. That's for okay, sure.
1: Okay, so there actually, by the way, there actually is a picture of this tree inside lung tissue. So if you want, if you want to see it, just Google. It's very simple tree in lung, <laughs> and I'm sure you'll find it.
0: How many people has that happened to? Because if, it, if it's going to happen know. to one, it's going to have happened to someone else. Well,
1: it took me back to childhood, you know, when, and it was never my parents that told me this, but it was like some friend of the family was like, don't eat the watermelon seeds. You'll grow watermelons
0: yeah. or don't eat the apple seeds is what my mom told me to grow an
1: apple tree. Fuck,
0: My mom wasn't even full of shit about that. Well, it's like 85% shovel in
1: your gastrointestinal system. It'll never survive. But if you right. inhaled
0: it, right, that's the thing. So don't snort. Any <laughs> seeds
1: Uh, Is that a problem? I I mean, is that that an issue?
0: It is now. A general issue? Some people are like, oh, now I learned a thing that I could do that's weird, and now I'm going to grow a tree (laughs) out of an organ or something, out of my lung. Oh,
1: my God. Okay. Story number two.
0: And the Dipshit Files presents Epic Story number two,
1: Another very strange uh, story. Okay. In 2007, 35-year-old Eva Venerska was a member of the German national paragliding team. Uh, over the previous two years, Eva had competed in 10 of the world's biggest paragliding competitions. She'd won six of them, hmm. making her the top female paraglider in the world. So,
0: so you're saying she was... Sorry about that. You were saying.
1: Coming into that year, uh, Ava was extremely motivated to work hard to ensure that she retained that title as world champion.
0: So she cheated.
1: On February 24th, 2007, Sorry. Ava was preparing her gear alongside 200 other paragliders on Mount Bora in New South Wales, Australia. So she was, took
0: a crowbar and she mashed the next lady's <laughs> knee, and she was like, this "Take that!"
1: This isn't figure skating. Okay. This was Ava's last training opportunity before her first major competition of that year, which was scheduled for the following week. As they were getting ready to launch, one of the coaches stood up in front of the group and made an announcement. He said, "Storm clouds have been spotted to the north, but the forecast was a bit ambiguous." It wasn't clear if the storm was going to move over their training area or not. So launching that day was now a personal choice for the individual paragliders. Mm. If they decided to launch, they might risk facing bad weather. Ava, who was really eager to get this training flight in, looked at the sky, saw that it was pretty gray But decided she was going to do it anyway. She went Kobe
0: Bryant, and she totally was like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it. it." All right.
1: So in her, what she was thinking was, in a worst case scenario, she might have to cut her flight short. As for the rest of the German national team, they didn't want to take the risk, so they remained grounded for that day. Ava took a little bit longer preparing her gear. So by the time she was lining up on the cliff, she was one of only one of a handful of people that remained. So. Strapped into her glider, she took a really good run at the cliff and launched herself up and into the air. On the ground, the rest of the German national team followed her in a van to track her progress and check in with her from time to time with their radio. So for the first part of Ava's journey, it was incredibly calm. She followed the ridgeline from Mount Bora for 12 miles until it ended. And at that point, she entered into the skies over the vast savannah. As her GPS and tracking log ticked, tracking her progress, two large thunderstorm clouds appeared in front of her, one larger than the other. Nearly all of the paragliders that had launched that day had launched ahead of Ava. So when these clouds appeared, they had already passed that section. Mm. So they didn't need to you know, contend with a storm. As for Ava and the other two people she was with, an Austrian team member and a Chinese team member, they had a decision to make. They could either immediately ground their flight to avoid the storm or they could attempt to dodge it. They all chose the latter. Hmm. They knew it was too dangerous to fly, uh, to try and fly underneath these clouds because of something called updraft. At the beginning of storms, warm air is sucked up from the ground into the clouds, and for a paraglider, Uh, If they get caught in that, they can get sucked up with the air into the storm, and nobody wants that.
0: No, cue the action music.
1: Right. So Ava and the other two paragliders began aggressively trying to fly around the outside of these clouds um, when unexpectedly the storm completely changed, uh, which, you know, nature is unexpected. The big cloud quickly overtook the small cloud, creating this 12-mile-wide cumulonimbus cloud. Hmm. that now all three paragliders were engulfed by. Any dangerous any updraft is dangerous for to a paraglider. Yeah.
0: Strapping yourself to a kite is inherently dangerous. (laughs) On top of that danger, there's also the danger of wind, extreme temperatures. (laughs) Lightning. Oh well.
1: Evidently the updraft. The updraft of a cumulonimbus cloud is famously dangerous because it's extremely powerful. And it lasts for over an hour. Hmm. So it's that pulling of that air up into the storm. It lasts for over an hour. Hmm. The the Austrian man was able to pull down on one toggle, point his feet, and begin spiraling all the way out of the grips of this powerful updraft. So he got kind of caught, but he was able to maneuver himself out.
0: That's because he found himself in Oz (laughs) surrounded by flying monkeys. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, well he said he turned to look at the other two and he didn't see the Chinese man but he did see Ava and she was desperately trying to do what he was doing and spiral down but she was clearly caught in the updraft he watched her get sucked up into the black cloud and out of sight Shit! by the time the Austrian man hit the ground He would say it had become the worst thunderstorm he had ever seen, with massive-sized hail hitting the ground all around him. He took one more look up, and he didn't see the Chinese man. He didn't see Ava anywhere, so he took off running for a barn to seek shelter from the hail hammering down on the earth. When he was safely inside, he pulled out his radio, and he alerted the other teams of this emergency. Inside the cloud, Ava was hurtling up like a rocket. The storm was lifting her at a rate of 60 feet per second. Shit. There was nothing she could do to get out of this wind tunnel. Ava knew she was getting pulled towards the storm's eye in its chaotic center because of the immense claps of thunder that was, they just kept getting louder and louder. Dude. It was also getting darker and darker all around her. In fact... It was pitch black, except for the occasional flash of lightning that came very close to striking her as she <laughs> desperately tried to keep her glider stable. Fucking scary shit, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, it'd be tough to fly around in a kite. Oh, with and a, a
1: kite. With poop yeah, in your pants. In the middle of a storm. Be a so lot she, of
0: poop in your pants.
1: She was able to place the radio call down to her team on the ground, but all she could say was, I can't see anything before it cut out. So her team's on the ground. Last call they get from Ava. I can't see anything. She's up in this storm and nobody knows where she is.
0: I wish there was a GoPro.
1: Well, at some point, Ava reached the eye of the storm where it is literally pitch black and the temperatures are freezing with hail the size of oranges slamming into her from all sides. The updraft kept pulling her higher and higher and up and up until she passed out from the lack of oxygen. Damn. At some point, this updraft actually shot her up and out of the cloud. Now, while She this bumped her
0: head on Starlink.
1: <laughs> now, while this meant she was out of the storm, she was now in air that was 50 degrees below zero, Whoa. which meant everything. Her face, her gloves, her clothes, the wings of her glider, everything was completely frozen and covered in ice. Damn. To make matters worse, at this altitude, uh, I know what is it is, okay. could it be worse?
0: I mean, you started off just flying around where you I shouldn't know. be in the first place, <laughs> and this has gotten <laughs> real bad. This You is,
1: strapped yourself to a kite.
0: This is like hanging out where bears are.
1: Right, well, to make matters worse, at this altitude, there's almost no oxygen. And she didn't have a breathing apparatus. So by all accounts, Ava really should be dead. Mm-hmm. But somehow, she didn't die. She just kept floating uh, around above the storm cloud for like 45 minutes when suddenly the ice on one side of her glider broke off, causing it to collapse in on itself throwing her into a deadly free fall. Oh, man. Ava was not in control of her glider as she's still unconscious and starts barreling back towards the Earth, going straight straight through the storm all over again, falling at 90 feet per second. Shit. She clears the storm, and she spat out the bottom of the clouds. Her glider miraculously just opens back up again, and the jerking motion of her abrupt stop as well as the oxygen rich air snapped her awake. Wow. So, she's looking around totally confused, beat up by fucking hail, you know, frozen to death. But she's looking around totally confused as she's gradually regaining her her bearings, taking stock of where she is. Now, <laughs> well, if she can
0: still do math, then I think <clears throat> she just discovered cryogenic freezing. So. <laughs> well,
1: she's still in the storm cloud, but she's right at the bottom of it. Luckily, The updraft had stopped at this point. So she was up there long enough that that storm had pulled enough of the warm air that it stopped the updraft. Uh Um, So she was steady and she was able to reach up, grab her toggles and then fly herself down to the ground to crash land where she hit the ground hard. Uh Um, Then she curled up into a ball, grabbed her radio and called her team. When they heard her voice, they were completely relieved and totally in shock. They could not believe she was alive because the other paraglider that got sucked up by the air by the updraft, the guy from the Chinese national team, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he was struck by lightning and was Whoa, killed. No way. Mm-hmm. So they were anticipating finding out that Ava had also been struck by lightning. But wow. Ava, she not only survived... But when they took her to the hospital, they discovered that virtually nothing was wrong with her.
0: And now she has superpowers. Well, she... (laughs) And that's how Storm was born. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) Storm.
1: Well, she had some pretty bad bruises and cuts from the hail. And, And she did have a bit of frostbite on her face, but it was treatable, so she was discharged that same day. After leaving the hospital... She and her teammates Jesus. went back to... Well, they went back to the launch site. So and they, they bought
0: could, a lotto ticket and won it all.
1: Right. Well, mm. they, they went back to collect her gear. And when they got there, she looked at her GPS, which had been tracking her entire flight. Mm. The whole time she was up in the cl- in the cloud, it was tracking. She showed her teammates what it said, and they literally couldn't believe it. Oh, indeed. The, the screen showed that she had reached an altitude of 32,634 feet, that's, which... That's where jets go. That's well... Airplanes. Yep. To put, the put this in, to put this in perspective, it's the same altitude you fly at inside a commercial jet. Yeah. Uh, so imagine being outside of your plane in the middle of a flight and that's how high she was. Mommy?
0: What is it, honey?
1: That lady looks cold. What lady? Going outside the plane. Oh,
0: that's nice, sweetie. Someone to give her a blanket. Do you need a blanket? know, for the lady. What are you pointing at? Lady. What the fuck? Stan, wake up. what? There's a lady strapped to a kite outside the wing of the plane. Judy, you promised you'd stop drinking. You know I can't fly without six shots. Just let me sleep. Just look out the window, you tired shadow of your father's mediocrity. Just wake me up when we get to Maui. There's a lady flying next to the plane. Look at the lady. What? Just look out the window, you shit hill. Oh shit! There's a flying frozen lady out there. That's what I said. It's weird. Well, should we call somebody? Well, who do you call? The Air Force? Hi, lady. No, don't wait, better. Yeah, flight attendant.
1: Well, another reference point is she was approximately 4,000 feet higher than the summit, the summit of Mount Everest. Yikes! Yes, no human being had ever been that high unprotected and lived to tell the tale until Ava. Geez, isn't that insane? And, and she lived.
0: Yeah, oh, wow. And she's still is. She still alive?
1: That I don't know. Okay. I couldn't really find much. I found news articles and stories and interviews. There but should
0: definitely be I'm an a, Oprah fucking session is, on this lady. This she's is like, two,
1: 2007, so I'm pretty sure she probably still. Oprah
0: alive. was all over that shit. Find the <laughs> Oprah interview. You know that happened. Or Doctor Phil,
1: <laughs> right? Something Donahue. Mm-hmm. Donahue. I Donahue. I think Donahue was retired before Ava was even born.
0: Sarah Jessica Raphael. <laughs> I mean, just doesn't matter. Uh, Sa- Donahue still. You mean, Don- you mean Sally,
1: still? Res- Sally? Sally. Jesse Raphael, what did I say? Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Sally Jesse Raphael—two different people.
0: Okay, you, you could say that, but in my world, there's <laughs> a, a conglomerate of people.
1: Uh-huh. So, uh, what did you think? Two stories down. Damn, are not they good? Yeah, these are great. They're, this is great shit. That I mean, there's so much crazy shit. Humans are amazing. We are really amazing, and there's so much information out there. And we do stupid shit.
0: We sure do. If there's enough of us, something, anything you can imagine is bound to happen, oh, basically. A tree growing in I, well, inside. Well, there's, so.
1: there's a story that I'm going to yeah. tell in the next one about a, a slug. It's a slug story. Not about, this episode. Not this one. episode. Okay. It's in the next one about a slug and what happens when you eat a slug. Oh, boy. It was pretty interesting. All right. Kind of... a bummer of a story, but it's going to be funny because it's funny. It's okay. But, uh, right now we're moving on to story number three. Okay. Do the music thing.
0: And here's epic story. Number three,
1: 51 year old Susan Kuhnhausen was returning from her job as an emergency room nurse in Portland, Oregon on September 6th, 2006 on the way. She stopped at a hair salon to get her hair dyed. And while she waited to be called back to the chair, she picked up a magazine to pass the time, and a particular quote on this one page kind of stood out to her. It said, quote, I will not live an unlived life. I will not live in fear. End quote.
0: Huh. I think I had that Snapple bottle cap, too.
1: Now, this quote had a deep impact on Susan. See, at the time, Susan had been with her husband, Mike. Uh, they'd been married for nearly 18 years, and their marriage had become toxic. And it took a few years, but Susan had finally gotten the courage up to tell Mike she wanted a divorce. Well, Mike (laughs) didn't want to hear this and refused to discuss the topic. So they ended up having these really awful like, fights, night after night, Uh, once she shared how she felt. Because of this, Susan was just looking for things to brighten her outlook and bring her peace. Right, so that Batman
0: quote was resonated with her.
1: Well, she only found darkness at home, so This type of quote renewed her motivation to follow through with this very difficult decision. She's leaving. She's getting a divorce. She's moving on with her life, right? Well, about an hour later, with a fresh new hair color, she hopped back in the car and drove the last couple miles home to her quiet little neighborhood. She pulled into the driveway of her single-story Cape Cod home, and they had a little gray picket fence around it, and she went in the back door into their mudroom. And right away, she saw a note next to the microwave that her husband had left because uh, even though the divorce papers had been filed, they were still living together at that time. They were still living in the same house. This note said, Sue, I've had trouble sleeping. I've gone to the beach. I'll see you in a couple days.
0: Okay, sounds normal.
1: Yeah, pretty simple. Right, Innocuous. She she put the note down. She unlocked the door that led into the house, which went into the kitchen. Now, for those that... um, I don't know how many of our listeners have ever had a mudroom, but a mudroom, um, I like them, especially Mm -hmm. if you live in an area where there's snow. Um, Mm -hmm. I like a mudroom because it's, it's an entrance that's warm. It's usually unheated. Sometimes they're heated, but it's a place where you can go to remove all of your outdoor gear, um, before you enter the house. So your muddy boots, your snowy clothes. There's a place where you can hang stuff. Oftentimes, you'll have like a little stove in there where there's you can make. a place where you
0: can mud wrestle?
1: It, no mud wrestling. Oh. It's just a place to hang and dry your gear
0: okay. or your outdoor stuff. But you could mud wrestle
1: in there. And warm theoretically. up. Theoretically. And warm up a little bit before you go in the house. You're not tracking bullshit outside stuff into your home. I
0: mean, okay? there's nothing that warms a person up like mud wrestling.
1: God damn it. <laughs> so, okay. So, she, she opens the door and goes into the house. And it leads, this door leads into the kitchen. As soon as she opens the door up, she heard the beeping sound of their security alarm. Um, so she walked all the way through the house, turned the, turned the alarm off. She heard it, she, which is abnormal, but not too abnormal. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes security systems will be alerted. Um, like when you open the door, if you don't catch it in time, right. it'll go off. Well, she walked all the way through the house uh, to the front door. She unlocked it, went outside, checked the mail, and then went back inside the house. After she got back inside and had shut and locked the front door behind her, she kicked off her shoes and began walking back across the house towards the kitchen. She got about halfway there when she looked to her left and something had drawn her attention. She noticed that the bedroom that they used as a guest room was really dark. and As part of her morning routine before she left for work, she'd open all the curtains around the house. So in the evening, the sun would come into the house and it would be nice and bright for when she got home from work. She didn't have to walk into a dark home. So she's thinking to to herself, did I forget to open the curtains in that room? Um, Because it shouldn't be that dark, right? So she's kind of confused. And as she's standing there, staring at the room, a man she didn't recognize walked out from behind the bedroom door and started walking towards her. He was medium height medium build and had a hat pulled down over his eyes he had yellow rubber gloves on and was holding a fucking hammer yikes he began walking right towards her now for most people the sight of a stranger inside your home carrying a hammer would be enough to cause you to turn and run but Mm. (laughs) not sue Mm. she had been an emergency room nurse for the past 30 years and in that time, she had done crazy things like crack open people's ribs to massage their hearts. Oh, fuck. Uh, administered IVs to thrashing and violent patients who were suffering from withdrawals. And she and the other nurses uh, she worked with, they trained regularly in self-defense because you never knew what was going to happen in the ER. Fucking hell You needed to be ready to choke a motherfucker out and defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is funny um, because my mother worked in a... A facility mm-hmm. and she was constantly training in self defense mm-hmm. um, to make sure that she was ready in the event she was ever faced with somebody violent or someone you couldn't talk down, which was all the time, right? Every yeah. day, yeah. So, so here's Sue staring at this intruder in her house with 30 years of prep for this moment. <laughs> so, this bitch ran straight at the guy, <laughs> catching him off guard. She literally put her head down and ran right towards him. She figured if she could just get up close to him, the hammer strikes would be less powerful. So she slams into this guy at 5'5 and 140 pounds. He is significantly, he significantly outweighs her. Mm -hmm. He's about 5'9, maybe 200, 210 pounds. So she rams him into the wall. He lands one hammer blow to the side of her head, but it wasn't enough to subdue her or even knock her down. In fact, she says she barely felt it. Uh So Just pissed her off. She's holding on to this guy, and she's screaming at him, who are you? What do you want? Now, because there was part of her that thought this was a burglary, she even yelled, I'll give you whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. But the guy didn't say anything. So Susan grabbed him and pushed him and slammed him even harder against the wall. And the man did actually say two words, only two throughout this whole thing. It was the only two words he would ever say. And it was, you're strong. (laughs) When she heard that, Susan got such an adrenaline rush because in that moment, she knew the guy was not going to try and rob her. He was there to kill her. Hmm. Uh, And she thought, fuck that. No, I'm going to live she managed to wrestle the hammer away while she had him pinned against the wall and then smashed him in the head three times with this hammer before he managed to get it back Um, but as she lost control of the hammer uh, she reached up and she grabbed his throat and began to choke the life out of him the man immediately uh, went to his throat to pry her hand away from him so uh, he's now focused on her hand and not attacking her Susan realized that she had him on the defensive, and with another surge of adrenaline, she squeezed tighter and tighter around his throat, moving her other hand also to his throat, really starting to crush his trachea. Her whole focus was to cut off his air supply. Shit! With the attacker uh, gasping for air and clawing at her hands, his eyes wide in terror, she screamed at him, I'll call an ambulance if you tell me who sent you fucking savage-ass bitch right there.
0: No shit. What movie's this? (laughs) Fucking her movie.
1: The man looked at her and just grunted. So she continued to squeeze harder and harder until his face turned purple and his eyes rolled back into his head. And as an emergency room nurse, she knew if she continued, she'd kill him. And she wasn't really prepared to do that, so she threw him to the ground, turned, and began to run towards the front door. But this guy... Regained his consciousness and his faculties as soon as he was able to breathe again. He jumped up, leapt after her, and got her by the ankle and tripped her to the ground. God damn, what movie is this? When, when she landed, she rolled over onto her back. So she was had her hands available. It was all instinctive. Uh, she rolled over onto her back. And standing all, right on top of her is this guy. The hammer over his head that he's going to bring down on her. Instinctively, Susan sat up as fast as she could, grabbing him, and she bit down as hard as she possibly could on the inner part of his thigh. Yeah, she you know. bit so hard, she tore through the fabric of his pants, <sighs> and the guy screamed out in pain. He couldn't even hit her with a hammer. He began staggering back at this point. She released the bite, got up to one knee, and then bit him again on the side of his ribcage as hard as she could. Once again, carrying through the fabric of his shirt. Shit. So now this guy is holding a hammer, howling at the top of his lungs, at which point Sue grabs him and throws him to the ground, but she kind of falls with him. She tripped as well and she lands directly behind his back. And they're struggling, right? He's trying to grab her. He's got the hammer and he's swinging it around trying to land a blow. So she reaches out and puts her arm around his throat and locks him in a wicked (laughs) chokehold. One that he's not getting out of. So the guy is fighting to get his neck out of this chokehold. But Susan decided that this guy isn't going to talk. He's not going to tell me what he wants. He's here to kill me. I am going to survive. So I'm going to kill him first. And she proceeded to choke him to death. Wow. Once he stopped moving, she calmly stood up, gave him a quick assessment, and um, assessed that he was actually deceased.
0: And decided not to do CPR, because, you know, burn me once.
1: I know, right? Well, she grabbed his hammer and then calmly walked out the front door. Walked to her neighbor's house. A
0: cigarette and the building (laughs) blew up behind her. She walked in slow motion. Well,
1: she walked to her neighbor's house and knocked on the door. When her neighbor opened the door and saw Sue just standing there with her her clothes torn and ripped. She's all bruised, had blood running down her face. But she looked like she's okay, kind of. The neighbor asked Sue, you know, what are you doing? (laughs) What's going on? Why do you have that hammer? and sue told her that well i had an intruder and he tried to kill me so i killed him and i need to use your phone to call the police
0: and here's his ear i made a necklace oh, out of it so, I'm a bad God.
1: Motherfucker. so her neighbor lets her in <laughs> sue walks in with her hammer in her hand and calmly calls the police and tells them what happened police and paramedics show up they go inside of sue's house and they confirm that the att- the attacker is in fact dead her attacker turned out to be 59 year old Ed Hoffy worked with her, also. who was a Vietnam veteran and with a really, uh, really long rap sheet. They discovered Ed's backpack inside Susan's house and inside it was a notebook that contained instructions for what to do after he killed Susan. Oh, wow. And one of those instructions was to call Mike. Turns out that. This Mike was Susan's husband. Okay, it was He had paid Ed $50,000 to kill his wife, and Mike earlier in the day had gone to the house and allowed Ed inside, and told him where to go and where to wait, and then on his way out, he'd written that note saying, I'll see you in a couple days. When police brought Mike in, initially he denied all charges, and he said he had nothing to do with this, but... He would eventually confess and then would be sentenced to seven years in prison for soliciting to murder his wife. Although Mike never gave his exact motives for why he actually did this. He he would have actually been financially ruined during the divorce. But if Susan were to die, he'd inherit the house. Hmm. So kind of like a motive. So immediately after his sentencing, Susan turned around and sued Mike for a million dollars, claiming she wanted to make sure he didn't have any more money so that he couldn't go hire another hitman to finish the job. That's fair. Susan didn't have to worry long, though, because Mike would die shortly thereafter in prison. As for Susan... She never faced any criminal charges and, in fact, was hailed as a hero in the wake of the attack.
0: Yeah, and she Fucking has... Fucking
1: bitch was savage. Yeah, and, she,
0: <laughs> if, if, and her ear necklace is probably valuable. It's probably ear
1: neck. Oh, God. Made the
0: ear necklace. It's got two ears on it. Three ears. We don't know where the third ear came from.
1: Uh, well, you know, I bet... I, I. I mean, the man lost his life, and that's unfortunate, but I'll bet you... He was flabbergasted at the response of this wildcat that he came in contact with. Yeah.
0: He's like, it, the first thing he was like, 50 grand. No. Yeah. God damn. Raise
1: that price. The only thing he said was, you're strong. <laughs> and then screaming. <laughs> yeah. Well, screaming because and gurgling. she probably, probably yeah, probably gasping. Yeah.
0: yeah. Fuck.
1: Ooh,
0: I know. that She probably wasn't looking forward Yikes. to that. I'm sure it's not something she fondly remembers at all. No,
1: I mean, that's... that was a badass, a, though. That was a fight. That was life or death right yeah. there. I mean, he was going to kill her. He hit her in the head with a hammer. He was going to kill her. Yeah.
0: If somebody's in your house that you don't know, I mean, don't assume that they're there to, you know, bake cookies with you. I mean,
1: <laughs> should
0: just be on at that point. Right, right. Well, they forfeit their right to life if they come in your house without mm-hmm. being invited, especially at night and, and with a hammer in their hand. with a
1: hammer in their hand, yellow rubber gloves. Yeah. Yikes. So, yeah, um, that, that story ended uh, better than it could have. Yeah, for sure. And good for her. Goodness. All, All right. right. Story number four. Number four. Now it's time for our final story. This one has kind of a sad element to it, but at the same time, it's fucking epic. Okay. This is great. All right. Richard Russell, better known as Bebo by his friends and family, was born in 1989 in Key West, Florida. But at the age of seven, he moved to Wasilla, Alaska. Now, he was a notable athlete at Wasilla High School, competing in football and in track and field. After graduating in 2008, he moved to Coos Bay, Oregon, where he briefly attended a community college. And it was there he met a woman named Hannah Streisner, and in 2011, they got married. Shortly after their wedding, they opened a bakery uh, that they would run together for three years. Hannah, who had gone to culinary school, was very detail-oriented, and she basically ran the whole business Bebo, on the other hand, was not professionally trained, and he was much more laid back in the way he did things, and he was interested in experimenting with new and wild recipes. But, you know, it's a family business, and they did this together. In 2015, um, with, they sadly decided to sell their bakery so they could move to Seattle to be closer to Hannah's family. Once they arrived and got settled in... They be- realized
0: how expensive it is. There. Well, Holy fuck.
1: Exactly. Bebo got a job at the SeaTac Airport as a ground service agent for Horizon Airlines. Now, it's not a job he necessarily wanted, but they needed the money. So, mm-hmm. after working at Horizon Air for four years as a ramper, which is someone that moves the luggage in and out of the aircraft, Bebo was given some additional responsibility.
0: They got they- to be a fluffer.
1: Man. Well, they... <laughs> Well, they asked him to be on a two person tow team. Now a tow team is in charge of moving airplanes around in between their flights. So I guess when I looked it up, the way this works is one person goes down, drives the actual tow vehicle and hooks that up to the airplane and begins moving it around. The other person would go up into the cockpit, turn on the plane, and then work a couple basic systems to help get the plane to go where it needs to go.
0: Wait, they let minimum wage folks go into the cockpit of the plane? And <laughs> I don't know how much it? he was paid. Uh, okay. I have no idea. I'm just assuming for the jokedness, uh well, it's not much.
1: The members of the tow team are part of the very small group of people that are allowed to go into the cockpit of an aircraft by All themselves.
0: Right. You guys probably make more than that. Forgive Little, me, There's there's
1: very few people that are allowed to do that, and they're part of that team. Okay. So. So
0: they'd better not make fucking $10 an hour. Well,
1: Bebo really enjoyed this opportunity. And when he was up there, he found himself fascinated with all the controls.
0: So he just decided, let's turn this shit on and go for a flight.
1: Well, any chance chance, uh, he got, he'd ask the pilot when they were inside of the aircraft to teach him what some of the controls were. Oh, boy. One time, Bebo was flipping some of the switches inside right. <laughs> inside the cockpit that he was not supposed to touch and the other pilots, you know, that the other pilots had explained to him and this pilot in particular, uh, he caught him doing it and uh. got, Pissed and reported him. Surprisingly, there was no repercussions. It just ended up being a humiliating and embarrassing situation for Bebo. That's all. Okay. Um, still, like many of the other ground service agents working at Horizon Airlines, Bebo was generally unsatisfied with his job. He saw it as boring. thought there wasn't much uh, upward mobility and he said he was ridiculously underpaid
0: (laughs) he'll show you some upward mobility
1: well however there was one redeeming quality of his job well as a result of working for an airline he got all sorts of free airfare so not only did he get to fly for free all over the world he could he got to basically fly anytime he wanted back to Alaska To visit his hometown and see his family and this was something that was very important to him nice so the people that knew Bebo said he had a great sense of humor he was extremely friendly and you'd always catch him with his head buried in a book he loved to learn his co-workers would say he had aspirations to be an officer in the military and when all these people that knew Bebo the best when they were asked why do you think he did what he did on August 10th, 2018
0: I like where this is going
1: None of them would have an answer They were all speechless They didn't know mm. At 1.35pm local time A passenger airplane Owned by Horizon Airlines Flew into SeaTac Airport Where Bibo worked <laughs> This plane was not scheduled to fly For the rest of the day So it was taxied to the far north section Of the airport to a parking spot Called Cargo One cargo one at seven fifteen p.m. that evening bibo arrived at cargo one and he climbed inside the empty aircraft and made his way into the cockpit he followed the startup procedure until the plane was on and the propellers were starting to turn mm-hmm. he hopped out of the plane got in his tow vehicle and used it to turn the plane around so its nose was pointed towards the airfield he moved the tow vehicle out of the way climbed back inside the aircraft, shut the door behind him, and got in the cockpit and began taxiing towards the runway. Out of Bebo. For the next few minutes, air traffic control bombarded Bebo over Bebo, the radio, no! asking him, what are you doing? This is unauthorized movement. You should not be heading towards the runway right now. Unauthorized movement. But Bebo... He never responded. Instead, he just continued on until he reached the beginning of the runway, at which point, despite having no flight experience at all, minus some video games and fiddling with some switches in the cockpit, he managed to go full fucking throttle and get this plane careening down the runway and successfully had liftoff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> oh, so, however, that's nothing. Get this. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: kind of awkwardly playing that.
1: All right, get the story. All right. Over the course of his one hour long flight, he expertly performed backflips and barrel rolls what? and huge loops in the sky, dangerous maneuvers that even expert pilots might risk stalling the plane and crashing. They, they would never do that. With a commercial plane? Yes, but he did this like he'd been doing it his whole life. <laughs> a f- with a f- passenger airliner. He Lookers, onlookers from the ground were shocked to see this giant passenger airliner performing these ridiculous stunts so low to the ground that all over Seattle... You had people filming this plane and posting it to social media.
0: Well, they do call it Jet City. Well, so, I mean, come on.
1: in real time, it was like the world was watching Bebo up in the sky. People <laughs> went outside and just watched as he flew around. But the real story is not the aerial stunts that Bebo was pulling in the sky. It was the strange, extremely calm conversation that Bebo had with the air traffic controller the whole time he was up in that plane
0: while he's doing flips and shit.
1: right the extremely professional very calm air traffic controller tries to convince bibo that he really needs to come down come and land this aircraft
0: enough of those flips Bebo.
1: right well he begins telling bibo where he can go different airfields and if he needs he could land it out in the puget sound but you know they'll come and get him but bibo kind of laughs it off and says you know i wasn't really ever trying to land this plane so I just wanted to do a couple maneuvers and have a little little bit of fun before I put it down oh boy yeah so Bebo, as Bebo soared through the sky, flipping, like flap, flipping, Nico. and rolling, this controller tried Fly in vain, like a Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> tried in vain to convince him to stop what he was doing. And Bebo just completely ignored the guy. He was cracking jokes and telling him how he just loves the scenery up here and how beautiful it is. And at one point, Bebo becomes remorseful and he says to the controller that he really hopes he didn't ruin his day and he really feels bad for the people that he's inevitably going to hurt and disappoint Hmm. then in bebo's most poignant moment he tells the controller that i guess i'm just a broken guy Uh, and i got a couple screws loose and i didn't even know it until now Hmm. towards the end of the flight bebo tells the controller that he's going to try for one more barrel roll and if it goes well He's going to go nose down and call it a night.
0: God, we're all just a couple arguments or some weird bullshit at work away from a Bebo maneuver. Right? Where it's like, I'm stealing the tractor, <laughs> and I'm going to town, give well, me the bulldozer. The,
1: the air controller tries to convince him that it's still possible to try and land. But at this point, Bebo's not listening. Hmm. At 8.45 p.m., the nose of the plane was seen pointed straight down to the earth. Hmm. One minute later, at eight forty-six p.m., Bebo intentionally crashed into a small island off the coast of Seattle. Hmm. He was the only fatality in the crash. Wow. How Bebo was able to take off and fly around and pull these crazy ass stunts without any formal training still it remains a mystery today. Some no, people,
0: not to people that have a Windows device, and well, a, some a airplane simulator game. S-
1: some people believe he was planning this for a long time, which is why. Whenever he was in the cockpit, he would ask pilots to explain the different switches and toggles and and how to use them. It's thought he was that at
0: home playing fucking yeah. plane simulators. So.
1: Well, it was thought he'd feign that he was just curious, when in reality he was actually trying to learn how to fly mm-hmm. the plane. As for the incredible stunts he was doing in flight, it is believed that he did learn those in a video game. <laughs> But even if this is true, the odds of it, the odds of it working out and Bebo actually successfully taking off and doing what he did, they're astronomically
0: low. They're getting better every year. Real quick, I got to say this. Yeah. It's got to be the Afterburner game. People older than some of y'all uh-huh. will remember the, the Afterburner. It's like the Top Gun video game. It's uh-huh. like, that's how he learned how to do it. <laughs> it's just this joystick that you move, and it's kind of got a seat. I
1: don't know anything about any some of that. Ca-
0: some of the listeners know, they remember Afterburner. That shit was fucking tight way before games were tight. Well,
1: anyway. the odds of this are astronomically low. You know, normal people just, they don't do that. They can't do that, and that's why the internet gave Bebo a new nickname. To commemorate the fact that he basically no one could have done this but Bebo, <laughs> and so they now call him the Sky King.
0: Sky King,
1: mm-hmm.
0: shit. So
1: Bebo died, but oh. he's the Sky. He's forever known as the Sky King. Holy hell! And that's the last story.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about all these stories. Okay. After the thing. And now for the exciting conclusion, part of a balanced breakfast. Now. Okay. So four stories. Yeah.
1: What did you think?
0: Fucking all of them. Super interesting. (laughs) Very different. Uh Uh-huh. I like that. I like the format of that. I learned four new things today at least. You liked it? That was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: I have a bunch that I've pulled, a bunch of research that I've stored away. Right. So I would like to do this more. I'd like to know from the listeners, what do they think? Do they want to hear more of this? Yeah. Because each story does have a dipshit. You know, yeah. Ava was a dipshit for flying, uh, going out, and pushing as hard as she did, but she survived, and that's great. Right? Bebo's a dipshit because obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, the attacker was the dipshit because he underestimated and Mike. But the attacker was a dipshit for underestimating this woman, right? Uh, and didn't Mike know for she trying was trying to kill his Krav
0: Maga's ass. I know.
1: And then, uh, you know, the I don't bo- know
0: if tree lung guy is really a dumb. Well, shit. he
1: obviously wasn't wearing. A mask. Well, fair. He should have been wearing at least a dusk mask.
0: I want to just check up on things that you snort. I
1: said dusk mask. Did (laughs) you catch that? I didn't. What is wrong with my tongue and my mouth today?
0: It's uh, it's okay.
1: So, I don't know. I enjoyed these stories. I enjoy researching them. I laughed my way through. There's so many that um, I only put a couple humorous ones, two humorous ones in here. Right. But... There's a bunch of really funny ones. <laughs> Hell
0: yeah. Well, we'll continue to do this. I For like those of you this. that listened uh, on Patreon, I was talking about a different subject when I was like, I'm excited. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that subject some other time. But this one was...
1: Oh, that w- subject is coming next week. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and that is... That is't vague post-central here. Yes,
1: but that is absolutely coming next week. Next week. And it's going to be... Okay. Yeah. I thought I'm we were doing...
0: But we're going to do another one of these soon, because I really soon.
1: like yeah, it. Soon, yeah. I want this to be a, a, a normal thing that we do like once a month, okay. is what I'm thinking. Perfect. Yeah.
0: yeah that was fun. Yeah. I, I love, it's like weird human tricks, but but a full fleshed out story that we can kind of look back on. <laughs> and like, all right, harbored a har- you had a tree in you. Yeah. That's, uh, what do you, I mean, do you, do you take it out and plant it? Could he? I don't have any
1: idea. I don't know if it... I don't know.
0: Like follow-ups. We need to follow this up. It needs light.
1: There's no light in there. It needs light.
0: So it must have been a really fugly tree. It wasn't like a Christmas tree with happy-go-lucky.
1: You know what it looked like? It literally looked like... Well, it was a tiny tree, but it looked like um, as if you were to pull a... Like a tip of the pine tree or the... What was it? A... fur a fur yeah if you were to pull the very tip end off where it was just kind of this little fluff yeah look it up look up the picture so it's just tree better. in lung it you'll see
0: but big enough to her well yeah it was shit. poking
1: him and so it
0: was growing yeah and, was and his
1: body you can see the mass that they removed his body was encapsulating it kind of like an m&m trying to protect itself from this tree well, that ruins for M&Ms. 30 years dude yeah Bodies, when it man. finally just couldn't handle it anymore because the tree got too big. That's so
0: weird. Whenever <clears throat> you always wonder, it's like, okay, so I've got this pain in my back and it just showed up somewhere and you're like, well, it's probably something I did. I slept. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, since there's 8 billion of us mm-hmm. on the planet, it's like, no, a little spider crawled into <laughs> a little pore, an open pore that, <laughs> that <laughs> only happens on Christmas during an eclipse. But it happened to you. Right. And it got in there and it laid its eggs. And those eggs, instead of being normal spider mm-hmm. eggs, they were kind of like fucked up eggs. Yeah. Now you're Now you up. have
1: nano spiders yeah, that are living in your brain. Yeah. Now
0: <laughs> your heart and lungs are basically a fucking metropolis yeah. for spiders. Exactly. And that's why you have it's a little dry. itch. That's why yeah. your back hurts a little bit. And there's a little itch in your foot.
1: <laughs> the cavity of your heart is actually dry and covered yeah. with cobwebs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't want to kill those spiders because they're it's basically not really, your, your blood now. It's not now.
1: really pumping blood yeah. at this point. But it's you're still spiders. alive because it's actually a medical anomaly
0: yeah <laughs> but, you know so maybe get the thing checked out that itches maybe you know, it's a weird
1: thing to to say that we know everything about this planet that we live on Preposterous. is absolutely stupid
0: makes it fun because that's why, it's another weird, reason why it's a simulation always exploration well, there's
1: weird shit that happens all the time where the, even you know professionals doctors and shit are like oh eh? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I know that's where uh, idiopathic comes in where they're like idiopathic pain in the left foot Idiopathic just means I don't fucking know what what's causing it. <laughs> That's funny, idiopathic. Idiopathic well, I means don't I don't know.
0: I don't think there was a book for the guy that when they went to the doctor and he said oh, my lung hurts. And they're like, okay, we found a tree in there. There's no book to pull off the shelf where it's like tree lung. I know. Let <laughs> uh, me search the glossary. We actually call it in Latin the mm-hmm. trilungus
1: lungus of bungus. It's
0: not good. <laughs> But anyway, uh. so that's the tree Long That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, the next one, the paraglider, dude. Yeah. That, Isn't that crazy? To have lightning like <laughs> like right that there. close. POV. I know. And then in to a, get.
1: I know. In a paraglider gets pummeled by orange. Hail the size yeah, of oranges. I'm
0: surprised that didn't like.
1: That's like getting hit it. with a thousand baseballs.
0: Yeah. How old was she? When she went up there?
1: Uh, I think she was 27. Okay. I think. I'm going to look. All right. Because uh, I'm not sure if I put her age in there or not.
0: Well, when you're in your prime of life, it's a little different. So,
1: 28 was the tree lung guy. 35. She was 35. 35.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that, that she didn't sleep that off. That's for sure. No. Okay. No. You I mean, know, she, she went was, to the hospital and they were like, oh, you're pretty fine. Well, the relatively. simple
1: fact that she survived yeah. was, I mean, she had to wake up the following morning sore as fuck, covered in bruises, probably needed stitches. Right. Had in frostbite. Your 20, if
0: you're 20 and you do that, though, people are like, You'll be all
1: right. Yeah. Well, now you go to the kitchen and, and you know, you get scared yeah. by the toaster and you're down. You throw your back at it. you down. Yeah, you're like down.
0: this disc right. forever now. I slipped
1: my disc because.
0: The toast scared me.
1: <laughs> I, I reached in the mailbox wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think going into the stratosphere on a kite. Yeah. That's probably not.
1: Not um, in my cards. Not yeah, in my. Yeah, I don't want to
0: do that. But, it you know, I'm going to stay away from the sky and where bears are and where sharks are. Mm-hmm. and you know falling down mountains on skis where the snow is all those mm-hmm. things all the things all those things I'm gonna so just...
1: basically you're just not going to live your life
0: uh, well, not like that certainly not like that <laughs> if that's living your life then I mean I haven't lived my life at all ever you're not living you're just surviving I've fallen down a few mountains and I've been where <laughs> bears are so I guess I lived my life a while ago and now I'm just kind of coasting coasting to the years uh-huh. where I can let my eyebrows grow and no a shit. <laughs> so I have a shit big... yeah exactly I want to. I want to be able to move, and my eyebrows move after mm. I move. Yeah, like they're just it's, they follow. It's an
1: afterthought. Yeah,
0: like if you're the movement
1: it. of your eye eyebrows are after your head moves. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be wild. So like the if head it,
1: would they the f- eyebrow. like flap in the wind? Oh yeah, just kind of move around so you can see it as a the distance. They're like, what is glistening on his face? Something oh, like it's just his eyebrows. Yeah,
0: they're overwhelmingly there, and they're trying to grow together it's mm-hmm. really fucking just nice. let them connect yeah they're building there's like this there's a bridge. separation it's like the ancient days where mm-hmm. you know the oceans covered up land masses and stuff it's mm-hmm. like two groups of people that want to be united mm-hmm. and they, so they build these land bridges and i come in with tweezers and i'm like no nah, no nah. i'm god to you we'll take <laughs> these lands and flood them <laughs> and that's how i go so then the next thing was uh that lady susan susan yes yeah Okay, she's... Badass,
1: fucking savage bitch. Love that woman.
0: Yeah. I didn't see that shit coming at all. Uh, Uh, He
1: didn't either, obviously. No.
0: (laughs) no. But in the story of like epic stories, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay,
1: all right, these are weird. Mm -hmm. That was... No, she just fought.
0: Dude, that's what a creepy outfit for a dude to be wearing too, fucking...
1: Well, I would probably... I don't know what I would do, but I would... I think my first instinct um, would be, because I agree with her, you know, the closer you get... To your attacker, um, unless he's got a knife, which you don't want to do that. Right. But if he's got, a, you know, an object that he's going to hit you with, uh, the closer you get and cling to him, the odds of him hitting himself are higher. Right, uh, especially if you are able to. St- at least throw him off balance.
0: Well, it sounds like she found the secret code, which was if you're going to have to be up close in the first place, mm-hmm. which is always
1: hold shitty. on tight and,
0: and bite and bite biting seems like that's the right thing to do there. Because it seems like in yeah. the story, the way you told it, it was mm-hmm. like and yeah. that, that turned the tables. Right. So. Well,
1: I'm already a biter. So <laughs> yes, you are. If anybody were to ever attack me, expect... I was, fuck. So my first real childhood memory... Um, damn, you're a biter. I mean, I have memories of childhood, but one that my mom likes to tell. I was uh, 18 months old, 19 months old, so I wasn't even two yet. And we were visiting some people, uh, friends of the family, and they had a son
0: who was delicious? You were ready to eat his ass. Like
1: three months younger than me. That sounded really bad. You two were ready months, to eat his ass. That'd two be... months or three months younger than me. Uh-huh. Um, and they let these the babies play together, right? Well, his name was—I can't remember his name. Anyways, he bit me, and I screamed and cried and ran to my mom, and mom <laughs> said, "Well, bite him back." you know
0: and sweet jesus she had no oh idea she was raising gosh. a velociraptor
1: right so my first biting experience was actually that so you know she's like well you know don't take that shit biting back and she released me back to play with this younger child and the next thing they know this is a story told from the parent's standpoint the next thing they know uh it's quiet and then all of a sudden there is this blood curdling scream <laughs> coming out of this room they go in there and you know it wasn't long it was like 15 seconds of them but getting from the kitchen to this back room where the kids were playing which i don't understand why they let an 18 month old and a 15 month old alone in a bedroom but anyways so they make it back there And this kid is covered. His cheek, he's got a bite on it. He's got a bite on his arm. He's got a bite on his calf. He's got a bite on his finger. And so I went in there and just was (laughs) like, motherfucker, you bite me, this is what you get. And I bit him like six times and made him scream. Yikes. That's the story.
0: (laughs) Nice. And she's still that way today. That's how she tells a lot of her issues. Uh, I've got bite marks on me now. <laughs> God damn, bro.
1: Oh God. What's yep. It? So, um, yeah, it's effective. The problem with biting is, uh, you know, if it's a life or death situation, fucking bite, do it Yeah. and sure. bite as hard as you can. And it's going to be gross cause you might actually bite through the flesh. Yeah. But if it's not life live or death, motherfucker, live, biting, um, you know, if it's, it, it you, basically introduce bacteria into your mouth from the person and you introduce bacteria from your mouth into them yeah and it's a dirty ugly really bad idea but this
0: is yeah but if it's if you're
1: gonna die because they're trying to hammer you uh hit you with a hammer in the head fucking bite him
0: and i don't think you have to draw blood to uh well i mean you'll get close no matter what but you don't have to draw blood to make it really really hurt no bites hurt you bite me and it hurts and i've you haven't drawn blood Um, but it hurts pretty good
1: i don't bite you hard I know. I haven't bit you hard.
0: Well, it feels hard in the moment. It's pretty. She's a biter. She's a biter, folks. It
1: was a joke.
0: Velociraptor. <laughs> Mrs. Velociraptor. <laughs> I'm Mr. Velociraptor. <laughs> Yikes. And so, Bebo, our last story of the day.
1: Bebo. Fucking. Sad. Heartwarming. Heartwarming. Sad. Sad. We're all. We're um, all epic. I still fucking think, epic.
0: Yeah. I still think we're all just a little bit close to that. We're mm-hmm. like, you know what? and then you know snap and then you're like finding an airplane over seattle fucking do loopy loops in a plane that no one's ever seen anybody do in a passenger plane that's nuts there
1: is by the way there's cell phone footage there's pictures there's it is there's so much of it and
0: i gotta see it now
1: go for it check it out look it up um and this guy also um the Recording of the air traffic controller conversation that's out there, you can oh, listen wow. to that. Oh, wow. So, the whole thing is made public, and uh, yeah, what good a
0: stuff. crazy story! Yeah, that's I guess that's like a Blaze of Glory. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I understand the yeah. proclivity to want to go out in a Blaze of Glory.
1: A and million, a several million dollar airplane I don't know how much they, but a very expensive yeah. airplane was destroyed. But he took it down on an uninhabited island, so. And it was just him that was hurt, although he destroyed the airplane. Bebo, why? So that's it. Those are my stories.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, fuck. I guess we learned. uh, You learned some stuff, you know, in case you
1: hadn't, in case you hadn't heard these stories. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people probably heard the Bebo story. Yeah, especially
0: Um, in our area. mm -hmm. Even though I've never heard it.
1: Well, and anyone who followed uh, follows along with true crime, they probably heard the Susan story. Yeah. Um. And anyone who is
0: interested
1: uh, in medical anomalies inside the lung. No, or? it's it's that came from an, um, medical anomalies. There's all kinds of weird medical shit. And, uh, Anybody who follows that probably heard that one. So some of these people may have already heard these. Does
0: watching House count? No. Okay, I feel no, like no, it does. There's no, it some, doesn't. They do it some doesn't. things.
1: Oh, I think you're missing out on house. I forgot that. I forgot about that TV show. Hugh
0: Laurie's a great piano player and singer too, by the way. I know. I had fucking, his CD. Wasn't that a great CD? Mm-hmm. That was a great CD. It's good stuff. Yeah. One of the benefits of Starbucks—they mm-hmm. have a few of those CDs that you never heard of. You're like, oh, what the fuck is Hugh, Hugh Laurie? Laurie. I like him in house. What the fuck? He's English. Yep. And it was
1: brilliant. I loved it.
0: Yeah. I love his American accent. Mm It's very, very good. Mm -hmm. Anyway. All right. I'm not sure where we're going with all that, but all four of these stories. Excellent. Thank Thank you you. for doing that. You're welcome. Appreciate this episode Mm -hmm. once again. And we appreciate you guys for listening. Yeah. Do all the things if you want to. You don't have to do anything. All the stuff and things. We appreciate just your attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we ever see you in the world, we, we hope we'll hug you shake Mm -hmm. a hand thank Uh, you for uh hope you're successful
1: yeah allowing us into your head once a week appreciate that at least for the dipshit files that's right and those that are avid listeners of our platform thank you for allowing us into your head five days a week
0: yeah sorry about all the things that are probably (laughs) uh sticking inside (laughs) your head after it's gone i've heard Uh, a few i've read quite a few of your letters Mm -hmm. i'm sorry (laughs) i think dumb we
1: apologize a lot
0: of dumb goes on inside people's minds Quietly, not Inside. to other people.
1: Mama, it's a piece of shit. I'm a stuff. piece of shit, and I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to, to my, my mama. mama.
0: I am sorry. I was <laughs> oh, sorry every time I said it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Info dot yeah. mm-hmm. is to tell us stuff. That mm-hmm. uh, We've got a website, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like burping and coughing and choking over
1: you're, here. I don't know what you're doing. I've, Your gastrointestinal system wants to speak into the mic. I've been breathing a long time, but it, right now it's, you suck at breathing. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Way to breathe, no
0: breath. No breath. There you go. <laughs> Little Simpsons. Put it there. It's right there.
1: Way to breathe, no breath. Anyway, uh-huh.
0: uh, but yeah. Patreon is a thing. You can do that there. Uh, Skycast.com
1: is our website. Mm -hmm. That's where you find the merch and and all the things. You You can also call, uh, go to the contact page, and you can leave a voicemail if you'd like to not type and you just want to say something.
0: We listen listen to to those. Yes, we do. And, uh, of course, thank you to the the people that help us so much and have dedicated some of their time every week to doing tons of stuff. Mm -hmm got to give it up to Don, the Shitbox Wizard, and all of the Trusted Turd Triad, yes. uh, Chris, our Discord, Dookie Slayer, mm-hmm. our Quartermaster of Bodhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got PJ and Minnie, who yes. are doing the, the Reddit and other stuff, and mm-hmm. there's tons of people. we
1: got Luzfina, who's uh, helping with the craft site yeah. on uh, Facebook.
0: Yep, all of our fat cats, mm-hmm. all of our admins that are all doing of them. stuff. Uh, we've got some great memers in the we shitbox. Got a, and we
1: got such a kick-ass team.
0: It's it's like a fun little family. It's a family. big family. Yeah, I hope, I hope we all have lots of Christmases together. Yeah, be me nice. too. But we haven't had any Christmas. Really. Well, well, just one, but. We did. I guess.
1: We watched a Christmas movie that Jeff hated.
0: That's true. Wait, was that? No, oh, uh, didn't No, no he we didn't watched hate Die that. Hard. Yeah, he, he didn't
1: hate that one because there was guns and blowing things up. Right, I'm
0: with you. I'm yeah. with him on that. <laughs> I do like a good gun explosion Christmas <laughs> movie. Uh, but thank you to everyone that, mm-hmm. that helps and listens and yes, all that you. stuff. And you don't have to do nothing. Just mm-hmm. listening is, is all it takes. Yeah. That uh, we're in your life, and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll talk at you in the future. And
1: it'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye.
0: Bing Bing bong. bong. Poop noise. Yeah.